Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up from the low. Welcome to Lobby Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now part of the Easton Family Podcast, and we've got a tremendous podcast for you. As in the second segment, one of our good friends, Danny Vietti, does a great job over there at CBS Sports taking a look at the game of baseball. On top of that, he does absolutely amazing work with his own podcast, Wake and Rake Podcast, along with Will Middlebrooks. You're able to subscribe to that wherever you get this podcast. He is going to be joining me in the second segment. We are going to be diving into everything that we've been seeing with some of these struggling teams that are looking like they're going to be making the playoffs. Some of these big series that we're going to be seeing for this upcoming week for some of these playoff contenders. What in the world is going wrong with the San Diego Padres? It's certainly going to be one of the things that we're going to be talking with him about as well. And some of the moves that have turned out to be diamonds for teams at the trade deadline. So we're going to be talking about that with Danny in the second segment, in the final segment. Going to give you guys picks and analysis on every single game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And if you got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM. They mean it does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Really did not wind up getting any Twitter questions into the timeline today. But with that said, we wound up having an amazing day of baseball on Sunday. And a very strange one as well. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy re- Recap. The turkey tosser did not wind up getting carved up. The Padres, they still wind up getting the job done against the Washington Nationals. This might just account at 2-1 for Patrick Corbin. First time in his last six starts, he did not wind up giving up four runs. He lost two runs over the course of five and a third innings as he was taken deep by Josh Bell. 16th home run season and his second in the last two games. 
From there, Hunter Harvey, five outs of the bullpen without allowing Iran Irasimov Ramirez, a scoreless setting in. For the Washington Nationals, lone form of offense, Nelson Cruz goes deep for his 10th home run season for the San Diego Padres, Chaminea, who he himself has not been good this season, north of a 4.75 ERA entering into this one, gives up just that sole home run over the course of seven innings, having Robert Suarez and Nick Martinez from there both lend a scoreless setting. So a surprisingly low-scoring game out there with the Padres and a surprisingly rough start for Luis Castillo. 5-3, the Oakland A's. And take a two of three from the Seattle Mariners over the series as Castillo. He gives up four runs over the course of five innings. He did wind up having Mitch Hanniger. Big time get for the Seattle Mariners. Getting him back in the fold after he was banged up for much of the season. He winds up getting home run number five of the season. That comes off of J.P. Sears, who he was picked up by the Oakland A's in their Frankie Montas deal, and he's looked solid. Does wind up giving up six hits, including that sole homer, but just one run surrendered over the course of five innings. A.J. Puck allows two runs and two-thirds of an inning out of the bullpen, but Zach Jackson, along with Danny Menace, both give you an out-of-the-bullpen out of scoreless. Austin Pruitt, Domingo Acevedo, and Samuel. They combine for two and two-thirds innings between the three of them. They do not allow a run. And for the Seattle Mariners, bullpen continues to be relatively consistent. You did have Matthew Fessa give up a run in an inning, but Matt Brash, Eric Swanson, they both deliver a scoreless inning as he wound up seeing a rare Julio Rodriguez error in this game as well. So, a little bit strange here. You don't wind up seeing the odds-on favor for the National League Cy Young, Sandy Alcantara falter much, but he did on Sunday. My DK and pick was on the under in this spot, and for the Miami Marlins, they did their part. Three runs or fewer. Now, 19 of their last 20 games as they fall to the Dodgers by a count of 10-3, to but Alcantara gives up 10 hits, 6 runs, and 3 and 2 thirds innings, including a home run to Cody Cody Bellinger, his 17th home run of the season. Max Muncy, he also winds up going deep. He gets home run number 16 of the season, and it's been a season to forgive for Cody Bellinger in terms of the batting average, but he's actually been able to come along a little bit more in terms of the power. You take a look at it, and he has been able to provide five home runs over the last 21 days. Meanwhile, for the Miami Marlins bullpen, not necessarily so rosy for them either. And Uskar Brazobin giving up four runs, three which were earned in two and a third innings. He did wind up having one and a third inning scoreless out of Richard Blyer and then Andrew Nardi. He was able to give a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And for the Marlins, a rare two-home run game for them. Luis Diaz, first home run season that comes off of starter Ryan Pepiot and then David Price winds up allowing a home run to Mr. J.J. Blide. For Blide, his fourth home run of the season as Price, he does wind up allowing that home run over the course of an inning. Alex Vesia, Craig Kimbrell, both land a scoreless inning. And Pepiot, he gives up two runs over the course of six innings. So a solid start out of him. You wind up seeing a solid day for the Milwaukee Brewers as they take down the Chicago Cubs by a count of 5-2. to two. Brandon Woodruff, 5 and 2 thirds innings. He does wind up allowing a pair of solo homers as Ian Happ, he goes deep for his 13th home run season and C.A. Suzuki, his 10th, but bullpen at his back. You wind up having Taylor Rogers get save number 29 of the season. Obviously, not too many of those with the Brewers as he goes for a scoreless inning by Boxberger. Scoreless inning and Brent Suter, 1 and a third inning scoreless, but the Brewers put up a trio of homers in the 7th through ninth innings. Rowdy Tellez gets home run number 26 of the season off of Mark Leiter Jr. And then we say hip hip hurrah for Casanera. His 11th and 12th home runs of the season. As for the Cubs, wastes a really good start from Justin Steele. Six scoreless innings, nine punch outs, two hits allowed. But then Mark Leiter Jr. gets up that home run in his two-thirds of an inning of work. Brandon Hughes allows one of those home runs. 
to here up in a third of an inning. Kervin Castro, he gives up the other home run as he allowed two runs in an inning. And then Rowan Wick, he gives up a run in his inning. So that was tough for the Cubs and the Birds. They needed to salvage one of those games in that series. They were able to do so, but the Cardinals, they maintain their lead in the National League Central as they wind up going to Arizona and they wind up getting the job done once again. Six to four, the final. The Cardinals scored at least six runs and now each of their last seven games as Lars Nutbar gets his seventh home run season. That comes off of Merrill Kelly, who gives up three runs over the course of six innings, and then the bullpen from there lets him down. Joe Mantiply gives up two runs in just a third of an inning. Kevin Ginkle and Noah Ramirez combine for one and a third innings, with Ramirez giving up a run along the way. Ian Kennedy, a scoreless inning, and Luis Frias winds up getting it out of the bullpen for Arizona. They go 3 of 11 with Ben in scoring position, and he did wind up having Jose Quintana get knocked out of this game very early. Gives up seven hits, three walks, four runs in total, only two of which was earned. He wound up being hurt by a pair of errors out there, but the bullpen had his back. You wind up having Jake Woodford and Chris Stratton combined for four scoreless innings. Genesis Cabrera is able to give you four outs out of the bullpen scoreless. And then Giovanni Gallegos, a scoreless inning to be able to get this one to the window for St. Louis. The Little League World Series game sees Baltimore wind up getting it done against the Boston Red Sox. 5-3 to three the final. And for Baltimore, they have been able to maintain in this wild card race as they find themselves just two and a half games back of the Seattle Mariners for that final spot. And for Baltimore, this was a relatively good start from Dean Kramer. He winds up giving up one run in five and a third innings. Dylan Tate winds up giving five outs out of the bullpen. He did wind up allowing a solo run along the way. It's going deep for Boston. He did wind up having Franchi Cordero get his fifth home run season. Then a little bit later, Xander Bogart's 10th home run season off of Felix Batista allowed a run in an inning. But CNL Perez was able to end a scoreless inning as for the Baltimore Orioles, Ore Mateo, a three RBI game. He's sitting well above 300 since the All-Star break. Team winds up going 3 of 12 with men in scoring position, the Red Sox do. And for Nick Pavetta, not a bad start here. Gives up two runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings. But since the All-Star break, the Boston Red Sox have an ERA in the bullpen that's more than a full point higher than any other team. You wind up having John Schreiber give up two runs without getting it out. Matt Barnes, he winds up giving up a run in his inning. Matt Stram and Austin Davis both provide a pair of outs without allowing a run. But another brutal night from that Boston Red Sox bullpen, which is currently why they're below 500. And the Houston Astros bullpen has not been that brutal. And they wind up getting it done against the Atlanta Braves by a count of 5-4 to four as Jose Arikidi gives up two runs over the course of seven innings. He did wind up allowing a home run in this one as going deep for the Atlanta Braves was Matt Olson, 26th home run season. And inexplicably, you wind up seeing Marcel Ozuna arrested for a DUI about 48 hours before the game wind up getting the start. I don't think we'll be seeing much of Marcel Ozuna after the outcry that we wind up seeing around that. Different discussion for a different show. Rafael Montero, he winds up lending a scoreless inning and Ryan Presley. Two runs surrendered over the course of his inning, but enough to be able to get this one in. As for the Houston Astros, they go 4 of 9 with men in scoring position. And if you want a little bit more on Marcel Ozuna, by the way, less than a 200 on base over the last three days. So if you're looking at the on-field performance as well, that has not been there with them. But for the Atlanta Braves, Charlie Morton, he was there for the Atlanta Braves. 11 punch-outs, two runs surrendered over the course of six innings. Bullpen let him down, though. Dylan Lee gives up two runs while getting just one out of the bullpen, one of which was earned. He was hurt by Guillermo Heredia fielding Eric Jackson Stevens. One and two-thirds innings. He allows a run along the way, and Tyler Madzik a scoreless inning, but big win for the Houston Astros in a big bomber of a series. The Cincinnati Reds, they were on to Pittsburgh and being able to clobber them 9-5 to five the final. Mike Miner's second win of the season as the Cincinnati Reds have not been good in his starts, and 
Not really because Mike Miner pitched well. He gave up five runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings, but Zach Thompson was somehow worse as he wound up allowing a pair of bombs in this one. Mike Moustakis and Jake Fraley both get a home run number seven of the season off of him as Thompson lost three runs over the course of five innings. Bullpen was actually significantly worse, so as he did wind up having five outs out of the bullpen scoreless from Cam View. But Colin Olderman, who's been relatively solid for the Pittsburgh Pirates, gives up two runs and one in a third innings, began his season with the Mets, and many Benuelos, four runs surrendered over the course of an inning. Not ideal there. This was not ideal for either pitching staff. The New York Mets, they get it done against the Philadelphia Phillies by a count of 10-9, as it was the first start of the career of Jose Buto. It did not wind up going as planned, but the team got him off the hook. Seven runs surrendered over the course of four innings, including a pair of homers. Going deep for the Phillies, he wound up having Gene Segura get his 8th home run of the season. And then Alec Bohm would go deep twice for his ninth and 10th home runs of the season for Segura. His home run would actually come off of Trevor May, who wound up allowing his home run in his inning of work. And really the hero here for the Mets, Nate Fisher. I believe this was his MLB debut. Three scoreless innings out of the bullpen. And then Edwin Diaz, he winds up giving up a run in an inning, but he's able to get the save as he Mets. They go 7-19 of 19 with men in scoring position as the bullpen of the Phillies, which has been very solid since the firing of Joe Girardi. They let up three home runs from the seventh inning on. Mark Canna gets two of those. Ninth and tenth home runs of the season. And then Brandon Nemo gets his eleventh home run of the season as giving up that bomb was Tyler Sear. I believe that that was his MLB debut. Got one out, gave up a solo home run. David Robertson gave up one of those bombs to Canna. Two runs surrendered and two-thirds of an inning. Connor Brogdon, he gives up three runs in an inning, including one of those homers. And Kyle Gibson, not like he lent a great start either. Eight hits, four runs surrendered, and four in a third inning. So, was hurt by a pair of fielding errors, one of which by Alec Bohm, who's been known to do that. So, only two of them were earned. Andrew Bellotti, pair of outs out of the bullpen. Jose Alvarez and Brad Hand, they lend a scoreless inning along the way, but very much a circus game there. And for the LA Angels, it is becoming a circus with their offense as they don't score against the Detroit Tigers. 4-0 to zero the final. First start for Eduardo Rodriguez at the big league level in quite a while, and he goes five scoreless, as a matter of fact. First start since mid-May. That's pretty embarrassing for the Angels. And then Will Vest, Jason Foley, Andrew Chafin, Gregory Soto, all lend a scoreless inning and a rare home run for the Detroit Tigers. Riley Green goes deep for home run number four of the season off of Shoyo Otani. Any hope of him being able to win the Cy Young wound up dying with this start. Gives up three runs in four innings, including that homer. Jimmy Harrigan from there, he gives up one run over the course of two innings. Andrew wants Jesse Chavez. They both under scoreless inning and for the Angels. No support for their pitchers whatsoever. They strand 10 men on base. The Tampa Bay Rays, they lent just enough support of our good friend Ryan Yarbrough. 3-2, to two, they wind up getting this one done. Yarbrough gives up 200 runs over the course of four and a third innings. Brandon Lau wound up committing a pair of errors that wound up not helping out his cause. But from there, Sean Armstrong, Colin Pooch, both get four outside the bullpen without allowing a run. Brooks Raley and Pete Fairbanks both lend a scoreless setting. And Christian Bethencourt, home run number seven of the season off of Zach Rankews, got a sub-2 ERA at home this season, north of a 6 ERA on the road. He gives up two runs over the course of four innings. From there, Brad Keller, who's now coming out of the bullpen. Two scoreless settings, Amir Garrett and Jose Kuas piecemeal together in an inning. They want to combine to give up a run, which caused Kuas to get the L as Dylan Coleman. He lends a scoreless ending as well before the Royals. They've been showing a lot of fight, been a little bit up and down with them. The Minnesota Twins, it has been all over the place with them recently as they're trying to get back into the playoff picture. They lose to the Texas Rangers, which doesn't help that cause by a kind of 7-0. Koji Iahara 
who was terrible since coming over from Japan, most notably last season. Six scoreless innings, and then Taylor Hearn out of the bullpen. Three scoreless innings, five punch-outs along the way without giving up a hit for the Texas Rangers. Pair of home runs power them to victory as Emilio Pagan, while he does what he does best, he gives up a home run to Nate Lowe for his 18th home run season. Marcus Simeon, he gets his 19th of the campaign as Joe Ryan. Not a bad start here. He gives up that home run. Two runs in total over the course of six and a third innings. Trevor McGill gives up two runs, one of which was earned. He was hurt by a little bit of tough fielding out there. And then Emilio Pagan, he comes in for two innings. He winds up giving up three runs. And for Emilio Pagan, I believe that he has given up 10 home runs now this season. He has not been good. Uh, this bullpen, to say the least. The San Francisco Giants have not been terrific down the stretch, but they wind up picking up an extra inning win against the Colorado Rockies by a count of 9-8. If you wind up having the under in this one, Boy, oh boy, this wound up turning into a little bit of a calamity late as for the San Francisco Giants, Jacob Junis winds up allowing three runs in six and two-thirds innings, including a pair of homers. Going deep for the Colorado Rockies, Brian Servin for his sixth home run of the season, and then Elihurius Montero was able to get home run number four of the season, and then in the eighth inning, Jarlon Garcia serves one up to Randall Gritchick, 13th home run season for Kyle Freeland, not what the doctor ordered in terms of his start. Six runs, five of which were earned over the course of six and a third innings, including a homer to Evan Longoria, his 11th home run of the season. But you did wind up seeing from there the bullpen be able to get things over two extra innings and also lament a pair of outside the bullpen. Justin Lawrence, Carlos Sevens both give a scoreless inning, but then Lucas Gilbreth gives up two runs, one of which was earned in extra innings. Robert Stevenson and out of the bullpen, and then Jake Bird gives up an unearned run in the 11th to take the L for the San Francisco Giants. John Brebbia, a scoreless a scoreless appearance, giving one out out of the bullpen. You did have Zach Liddell be able to turn a scoreless 11 to be able to get the W. It's Alex Young along with Dominic Leone. They combined to give up two runs, one of which was earned in the 10th inning. Camille Duval, a scoreless inning, but Jarlon Garcia along Tyler Rogers. They combined to give up three runs in an inning of work. So the Giants bullpen wound up acting up once again, but they were still able to get the W. And the New York Yankees, they get a rare W against the Toronto Blue Jays by a count of 42. Rare by their standards because they've currently got a bottom three record in the big leagues ever since the beginning of the month of August. It's not been good. I believe that they are now 9-16 and in their last 25 games, but Alec Manoa, not a bad start here. He's been certainly having his trials and tribulations recently, but two runs, one of which was earned, given up in six innings, but it was Adam Simber who gave it up, giving up two runs in an inning, including a home run to Andrew Benatendi, just his fourth home run of the campaign. You did have Trevor Richards be able to get a squirrel setting out of the bullpen as well, and Whit Merrifield, main form of offense for the Toronto Blue Jays. Home run number seven of the season off of Nestor Cortez, as Cortez, he gives up that home run, just one run over the course of six innings. Jonathan Malizaga gives up a run in a third inning out of the bullpen, but Lou Trevino, two and a third inning scoreless to be able to get the win, and Willie Peralta, he provides an out of the bullpen as well, a game which the Yankees needed. They were able to get, and if you need to take a look at what we're getting in baseball right now, what we are seeing is that the unders have been able to do a relatively solid job over the last 30 days. We are now getting into the dog days of summer, to say the least, but we've seen 203 unders to 187 overs over the last 30 days, so that's a 52.1% clip to the under underdogs. They've been a little bit touch and go. Favorites are 250 and 166, hitting at a 60.1% clip over the last 30 days, and home favorites. They've really been the ones reigning supreme, 156 and 89 straight up in the last 30 days at 63.7% in terms of the hit rate, and we've seen 40 of these home favorites not be able to cover the run line, but certainly they've been doing a little bit better recently, and if you're taking a look at the season as a whole, you're seeing favorites at right around 59.8%, 1,078 and 726, while home favorites they are 684 and 453, but among these 684 straight up wins, 
from favorites. We have now seen 210 not be able to cover on the run line and overall this season, 884 unders to 829 overs. That is a rate of 51.6% to the under. So that's where we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now and that's what we wound up getting on Sunday. Now let's take a look at a few teams that are poised to make the playoffs but are struggling a little bit and take a look at some of the big series that we're going to be getting this week with our good friend Danny Vietti over there at CBS Sports and along with the Wake and Rake podcast. That comes up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it is always a pleasure to get this guest on as Danny Pietti does an absolutely terrific job over there at CBS Sports with their MLB coverage on top of that. He also is a co-host of the Wake and Rake podcast, along with former MLB pro Will Middlebrooks. These two gentlemen do a terrific job with their podcast. You're able to follow that at Wake and Rake Pod all together. And then for Danny Vietti, you're able to follow him on Twitter at Danny Vietti. Last name is spelled V-I-E-T-T-I. And I can tell you that that Twitter handle always has some great nuggets on there. And Danny, I know you blend a lot of those on this podcast as well. Thank you so much for joining me. Anytime, great. Always happy to join. Always happy to have you aboard, and I'm always happy to take a look at these great playoff races, and we've got quite a few of them, and 
when I take a look at these playoff races, we've certainly seen a few teams wind up struggling a little bit. And I know you're a man that's out there in the great state of California. What's been going on with regards to the San Diego Padres and their offense being just so inconsistent ever since the trade deadline? And do you think that this is something that should wind up improving over the next 30 or so days? Because I just find it to be so intriguing that in their series against Washington Nationals, the pitching was honestly halfway decent aside from the man that they picked up at the deadline and Josh Hader. But the offense, it's just been really lacking aside from Juan Soto, who's been a constant in terms of getting on base. It's just been stagnant. They haven't had any type of consistency, one through nine. At the top of the order, you're having Manny and Soto and your big boppers getting on base. The problem is your complimentary players like Josh Bell, Will Myers, Trent Grisham, the consistency just really hasn't been there. I mean, I think that's really... The loss of Tatis is just magnified even more because it's not just what Tatis does for Major League Baseball or what he did do with his flair, his personality, and everything in between. It's really his actual production on the field. When Tatis is in the lineup, that lineup just lengthens significantly. Uh, Hassam Kim has been able to come along, and he's stellar defensively, but he's obviously not near the bat that Tatis would have been. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Uh, but when you're looking back and he made a lot of moves at the deadline, which is great, but he obviously did not know he would not have his starting shortstop in Tatis there. So unfortunately, because of Tatis and his decision-making, he's unfortunately put his team uh, in a very tough position. But Manny Machado said it best. They're in playoff position. They put themselves in playoff position all season long without Tatis. So there's no reason to believe that they can't continue to have success and continue to fight for a playoff spot. But This team needed a boost at the deadline. They added guys like Bell, Soto, Drury. They thought they would get Tatis as well. Unfortunately, that's not the case, but this is their team. So they're going to have to figure out a way to get more consistency one through nine. And here's a question that I know being someone from the great state of Wisconsin, I've been asked and I will pose the same question to you as well. What in the world is happening to Josh Hader? And will he be able to figure it out? Because I wanted tweeting this out after he wound up having his blow up on Friday. His last 15 appearances an ERA north of a 14-6. And I I just have to believe that we are not going to be seeing the Josh Hader that we've seen ever since the beginning of the month of July. But I think that we both agree when it comes to relief pitchers, the fall-off typically is very, very steep, and it is very, very sudden. I just think that this is one of the most intriguing situations ever because when the Padres wanted training for him, it felt like they were trying to buy low and try to get back the Josh Hader of hold. I just don't know if we're ever going to wind up seeing that again, as this is a man that has just fallen off a cliff in a very short amount of time. He just can't find his own. And it's very reminiscent to who Josh Hader was before he ever got brought up to the major leagues. You mentioned the podcast that I share with my buddy, Will Middlebrooks, who played with Josh Hader in AAA when they were both with Milwaukee. Will told me a story when Hader got promoted to AAA you could see the stuff was there. It was left side, funky arm slot, upper 90s, very tough to hit, a lot of run to his fastball, um, and he had that wipeout slider. The problem with Hayter, at least at the time when he was younger, is he just couldn't find the zone. Once he was able to find the zone and actually throw that fastball consistently and that complement it with a slider, then he was able to dominate and become one of the best closers in baseball. Unfortunately, ever since he's gone over to San Diego, And even before, too, keep in mind, he really struggled with Milwaukee in his final days out there with the Brewers, even before he was traded over to San Diego. And since going over to San Diego, those struggles of just being able to pound the zone, 
just hasn't been there. The consistency is not there. And when you look at kind of his splits and his metrics, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he's actually throwing the ball harder than he ever has in his major league career. Uh, this year, his fastball has been averaging mid-96, so 96.5 miles an hour. Um, that's nearly one mile an hour faster than he's ever thrown before. So the fastball is coming out juicier. The slider is still moving just as much as it ever was. Um, the problem is it's just not finding the zone. Yeah, it's been yeah, really it's- intriguing to take a look at that as, I mean, closers, they are going to be a big, big factor in what winds up happening here in the playoffs this season. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Danny Vietti, and that brings me to another team that has had some issues over the last few weeks, a team that, I mean, they're, in my opinion, still going to wind up winning their division, the American League East. I still think that this team is going to be fine overall, though I do put them a peg below the Houston Astros at that at this point. And that would be the New York Yankees. They are going to be having a very tough game on Monday against the New York Mets. But I just take a look at this Yankees team, and we were fearing that the pitching was going to regress with the Yankees. And to an extent, it has. Clay Holmes is currently on the injured list. You figured that he was not going to be able to keep that, up that sub-1 ERA for forever. But with the Yankees, it's really been the offense, four runs or fewer, and I believe now 10 out of their last 12 games. What have you been seeing in terms of the New York Yankees? Because I just take a look at the American League, and the way that I view it is right now, Astros number one, I still have the belief that the Yankees are the second best team in the American League, but I've got the Yankees a full, pretty much peg below the Houston Astros, with the Astros being so consistent this year, and the Yankees all of a sudden going through a big funk with a little bit of it being due to injury as well. It just comes down to the lineup. It's very similar to the conversation that we were having with the Padres. The one through nine production hasn't been there. And obviously you can look to their injured list and that can explain a lot of it. The loss of Giancarlo Stanton has been monumental. Just the protection behind Aaron Judge isn't as as significant as it once was. Not to mention Matt Carpenter was a huge pickup. I mean, who would have thought that after he was released by the Cardinals and then let go by the Texas Rangers as a minor league player. I don't think anybody expected Matt Carpenter to be having the season he was having before he ended up fracturing his foot. But that was a huge loss in him hitting the injured list. Those are two big-time bats in your lineup, not to mention guys that you can use like Matt Carpenter in a platoon situation. So the lineup is injured right now, and you look at just one through nine, their power numbers are still okay. Before the All-Star break, they led Major League Baseball in home runs with 157. After the All-Star break, they're still hitting the ball out of the yard at a decent rate. At least they were. But the OPS is now bottom 10 in the league. Before the All-Star break, they had the best OPS in Major League Baseball. I mentioned the home run totals. Before the break, they had the most home runs in baseball. They were indeed the Bronx Bombers. And since the All-Star break, they have 40, which is still first in the American League. So they're driving the ball out of the yard. Problem is they're just not getting on base. So all of the slugging that they've been doing, A lot of them have been solo shots from guys like Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo. Uh, There's just not a lot of guys on base when they're doing their big-time production hitting. they got to get guys on base. they got to get healthy. And, you know, time obviously is ticking away. It goes without saying. Playoffs are going to be coming up quick. They had the Mets this week. It's going to be a big series for the city of New York. So the schedule is going to get not that much easier. And also the time's ticking away. So the time is now to fix the issues in New York. 
Yep, and one of the issues as well is the man that is going to be going on Tuesday because on Monday it's going to be Manback Scherzer going up against Domingo Herman. But I take a look at that Tuesday match. You've got Jacob DeGrom. He's been solid ever since he's come off the injured list. Certainly did wind up having a few hiccups when he wanted going up against the Atlanta Braves. But let's call it what it is going up against the Atlanta Braves. That is a tough task for anyone. But I take a look at the man that's going to be going for the Yankees and Frankie Montas. And his ERA is north of six this season in games that he has pitched away from Oakland. And I think that this is going to be a big determination as to what's going to be happening with the Yankees because they pretty much traded away Jordan Montgomery after they wound up getting Frankie Montas. Right now, that's looking like a decision that's blowing up in their face. And I mean, I'm going to call what it is. At this point, Frankie Montas, I feel like, is actually a downgrade to Jordan Montgomery. That was a huge head-scratcher for me. Not the Frankie Montas trade, the subtraction of Jordan Montgomery. Right before the deadline, John Heyman reported that the Yankees could be in on Pablo Lopez of the Marlins. And I thought, wow, that could be a massive upgrade to a rotation that already led baseball in ERA, or at the time at least. And then all of a sudden, 10 minutes went by, and the Marlins said they're not shopping Lopez anymore. And then another minute went by, and all of a sudden, Jordan Montgomery was going to the St. Louis Cardinals. And again, I referenced my co-host on our podcast here, and Will told me he actually liked the deal because – Come postseason time, you're going to need a stellar defensive center fielder like Harrison Bader that they got in the acquisition for Jordan Montgomery. He liked the deal. He thought it was the right deal because of the rotation they already have. Domingo Herman, they're hoping to get Luis Severino back off the injured list in September before the playoffs start. I didn't like the deal. I think when you have this much success for this long, you keep it intact and you add. I don't think you ever want to subtract quality assets on your current roster. And that's what they did in losing Jordan Montgomery. I don't want to say that their problem has been pitching because we just broke down their hitting stats and it's really the lineup that is not producing for them right now. But I think the loss of Jordan Montgomery is huge and I think it's going to actually prove even more of a deficit come playoff time when you need more pitching depth. I am in total agreement with you there because even if you wind up picking up Frankie Montas and you don't know if Jordan Montgomery is going to be starting in the postseason or not, who knows what winds up happening if one of your starters winds up getting injured and then you're able to turn to someone like a Jordan Montgomery who he doesn't give up a lot of walks, not a guy that's going to light it up and get like 12 strikeouts on a given starter or anything like that, but a steady Eddie guy that you know what you're going to be able to get out of him pitch is relatively solid on the road as well so I think that we are in lockstep on that one Danny and ironically enough Jordan Montgomery going to be pitching on Monday against the Chicago Cubs and I feel like that was one of the biggest moves at the trade deadline and one that I felt like it deserved a little bit more love because while we were talking about Frankie Montas going to the New York Yankees while we were talking about all the moves of the San Diego Padres the St. Louis Cardinals do what the St. Louis Cardinals always do they don't make necessarily small moves, but I would call them mid-sized moves that they always wind up working out. They pick up Jose Quitana. He's been solved for them. They pick up Jordan Montgomery. To this point, I believe that he has allowed one earned run in a St. Louis Cardinals uniform. And what they wind up doing at the trade deadline, I think is going to be able to bolster them to a NL Central division title. I do not think that they are going to relinquish this lead to the Milwaukee Brewers. I think that the Cardinals, are they on the same wavelength as, say, the Dodgers and the Mets along with the Braves in the National League? No, but I think that they're a very solid postseason team that they set themselves over the top to be able to win this division. That's St. Louis, right? Just minor moves at the deadline. You don't normally hear a lot of noise out of St. Louis. That's just how they operate. Every single season, they're winning at least 80-plus games. Uh, this year, obviously, it's looking likelier and likelier 
that they're going to be, if not competing for the division title, then obviously winning it, especially with Milwaukee having an atrocious trade deadline. Say what you want about how Josh Hader has struggled over in San Diego. You can't explain to me how trading your closer when you're in first place in the division midseason is a... For Taylor Rogers. I mean, that's a big thing for me, not just trading for him, but trading for Taylor Rogers. And that's the thing. Both guys were struggling. So you could make the case like, oh, maybe each of them needed a new fresh start. But Taylor Rogers just came over from Minnesota the year before. It wasn't a fresh start. It's not as if a fresh start was needed for a guy like that. I think it was just you got to give it time. Don't have an explanation for that one. Regardless, back to your Cardinals point, I still have questions regarding that starting rotation. Obviously, Jordan Montgomery has been phenomenal. One earned run through his first three starts with St. Louis. I love Wayno. Do I trust a 42-year-old? I think he's 42 now, 40 years old. In a winner-all-take game, he did it last year against Los Angeles. They ended up losing the game in that wild card, but he did pitch phenomenally. Wasn't his fault. You're exactly right. Miles Michaelis, Dakota Hudson, these aren't names that you really want to pencil in when you have a winner-take-all game. But they have shown that they can deliver. They have done this you know, much of the season. So I question their starting pitching depth. They have a great lineup, headlined by Goldie, probably your NL MVP, Nolan Arenado, and Pujols. I, I'm not even kidding when I say this. He's legitimately been one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball at 42 years old since the All-Star break. Against left-handed pitchers, he torches them. So they not only have Wainwright and Pujols, but they absolutely need and rely on those two 40-plus-year-olds. To your point, Albert Pools over the last 30 days hitting 438. <laughs> Absolutely insane. With seven bobs in his last 48 at bats. That is insane. And to your point about Josh Hader as well, my biggest gripe with it was that I just felt like the Brewers did not wind up getting enough for him. The two prospects that they wound up getting, I do think, are going to be solved for the Brewers moving forward. But if you were going to get to Nelson Lament in the deal, you got to keep to Nelson Lament, not just DFA him 48 hours after, which I actually think that that was a good pickup for the St. Louis Cardinals as well. I think that he's got a little bit of upside, perhaps a little bit of a reclamation project, but we could go down that wormhole as well as joining me on the podcast. We do have Danny Vietti, but. When it comes to what we're seeing this week in Major League Baseball, we talked a little bit about the Yankees and the Mets series. Is there any other ones that are really standing out to you that are just going to be big for the playoff race or you just want to see a little bit more from a team that you think is going to be in the postseason because maybe they've been having a rough last few weeks? I mean, I just want to see, I hate to be too biased here, but I want to see the Padres try and find a little bit more consistency with their lineup. They have a tough matchup with Cleveland. We know the starting rotation that Cleveland possesses uh, with guys like Bieber and Quantrill. And the, the, the depth that that Tristan McKenzie. Up. Tristan McKenzie, thank you. That's the other guy I was thinking of. I mean, they're a powerhouse uh, when it comes to starting pitching, just an absolute factory. So that's going to be tough. And they struggle against good starting pitching. The Padres have done that for the last few years. When you compare them to the Dodgers, everybody wants to compare the Padres to the Dodgers. The difference between those two teams is they're both very talented. But the Dodgers seem to find a way to beat good starting pitching. I alluded to the wild card game against the Cardinals last year against Wainwright. The Dodgers didn't swing the bat against Wainwright, but they found a way over time to score runs. The Padres seem to come up short each and every time whenever they face really good starting pitching. So I really want to see what this team can do against good starting pitching with Cleveland. And then they have a series next weekend against Kansas City where they can try and 
gain a little bit of confidence against a team like Kansas City that doesn't possess as much starting pitching depth. Maybe they can get their bats rolling a little bit as we creep toward the postseason. It's been so interesting with the Padres because we know that they play, obviously, in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark in Petco, but the only two teams averaging fewer runs per game at home in the National League, the Washington Nationals and the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, We shall see if the Padres are able to find a little bit of success at home because they've actually been averaging right around five runs per game on the road. So that has been very intriguing to take a look at. And I know that you, Danny, are doing an absolutely tremendous job of taking a look at everything that we're getting in baseball. Playoff races are in full swing. We have seen a lot of teams be able to rise up. We've been seeing some teams fall back to the pack as well. I know that you and Will Middlebrooks over there on the Wake and Rake podcast are doing a great job of being able to break that down. And on top of that, your articles on CBS Sports top notch as well. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that's on tap for you. Yeah, you said it. Wake and Rake pod. We'll have a new whole episode coming out this week and all the written work as always on CBSSports.com. And Danny doing an absolutely amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball. Always great to get him on this podcast. A big thanks to Danny for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. 
And we're back here with Love You Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Always great to be joined by Danny Vietti. He does an amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball. And on top of that, the Wake and Rake Podcast, a must-listen. is going to be very interesting to see what we wind up getting down the stretch here in the regular season. I know that he and Will Middlebrooks could be breaking it all down on that wonderful podcast. A big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. You note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. Going to be going in Las Vegas rotation or this is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So without further ado, let's dive in. 9:51, 9:52 on the betting board. It is the Atlanta Braves on the road taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Ronsi Contreras is going to be going for the Buccos, and Jake Odorizzi is on the bump for the Braves. The Braves are between minus 180 and minus 186 favorites. Meanwhile, if you take a look at Pittsburgh, it's saying between plus 155 and plus 172 with your total on this game, 8.5. Over is between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 105. And when it comes to Ronsi Contreras and company, I was willing to take anything of a plus 178 or greater. So we are a little bit off here. But taking a look at it, I would expect the money to wind up coming in on Atlanta. And if you're taking a look at the run line right now, this is where I'd be seeing the bigger edge between minus 110 to a minus 115 on the Braves. I was willing to lay up to a minus 117 with the Atlanta Braves. I'm going to be taking a look at a little bit of overnight line movement. But in terms of what we're seeing right now, what I'd be playing is the Atlanta Braves run line. It comes down to the run line or the money line of the Pittsburgh Pirates because I just don't want to be laying this hefty of a number, especially with Jake Odorizzi. He's not been great this season. He's got an ERA that is hovering in the mid fours and with Odorizzi, you just saw that you're not going to get a whole lot of swing and miss with him. He's been registering right in the neighborhood about 6.8, 6.9 strikeouts per nine innings. He's been giving up right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings ever since he has gotten to Atlanta. Granted, it's been a little bit of stiff competition for him. 593 ERA in those three starts with an 0-2 record. Meanwhile, for Contreras, he's a young guy with a lot of upside. Wanda coming back, making his first start in a little bit over a month. They wind up giving up four runs against the Boston Red Sox, but you take a look at the way that this guy has been able to perform this season, and he's been able to do a very good job of being able to get some swings and misses right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings. A big thing for him being able to calm down the walks as he's been giving up right around four walks per nine innings. He's not backed up by a terrible bullpen and it's actually been a little bit worse at home rather than on the road. A 410 home ERA compared to a 393 on the road, but guys like a Chase D. Young along with Will Crow, they're both able to go multiple innings. Both of these guys have registered a sub 3-4 ERA. Colin Olderman has actually been very good for the Pittsburgh Pirates, by the way, as well. He wanted getting used up yesterday, so he's going to be out of the fold for this one, but you've got a Pirates team that they've been able to do an okay job, be able to find some good bullpen pieces ever since the All-Star break. They've been about a league average bullpen, and for the Pittsburgh Pirates, you've also had Brian Reynolds being able to produce for this team. He's been able to deliver 20 home runs, 345 on base. Michael Chavis has been able to go deep 12 times. He, along with Ben Gamble, Rodolfo Castro, hitting between about a 245 to a 255 now. The bottom of the lineup, if you don't wind up having really the top four guys with Kevin Newman included in that, you just really don't have any sort of a shot with this team as Onyo Cruz, Gregory Allen, Kevin Potillo. You're able to go down the list of guys earning a 220 or lower. And then on the flip side for the Atlanta Braves, this is a very fearsome lineup. I don't expect we're going to see Marcelo Zuna anytime soon. And honestly, if you do wind up seeing Marcelo Zuna, that's a downgrade. 
downgrade, not just from a world's perspective, but I mean, the guy's hitting below the Mendoza line of 200 ever since the Ulster break. He has not been good. So you don't want to be seeing Marcelo Zuna in there for a wide variety of reasons. And then Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, along with Michael Harris II. These guys are in between about a 283 to 293. We've seen a little bit of regression with Riley. He's only been able to go deep three times over the last 25 games for this team, but still has put together a very nice season. Ronald Acuna Jr. right around 365 on base for the Atlanta Braves. The bullpen has been rock solid, though. They did wind up getting quite a bit of work over the weekend. They did wind up playing that extra running game against the Houston Astros. Jackson Stevens, a little bit of a longer guy. He is going to be out of the fold because he wound up getting used up yesterday, but Dylan Lee, he's someone that is posting up a sub-3 ERA along with A.J. Minter. They pick up Razio Iglesias at the trade deadline. Kenley Jansen has been relatively solid for the team as well, so I do think that Odorizzi going to give up a few runs, but with the Pirates, very much a lineup that I do not want to be banking on in this spot. As a result, I did wind up saying my total at an 8.3, despite the fact that Odorizzi has not necessarily been so stellar ever since he has come to Atlanta. I do think that he's going to be able to a good start against one of the worst offenses out there in the league. They and the Washington Nationals registering the fewest runs per game of any team in the National League at home. So I'm going to be taking a look at current numbers on the run line of the Braves. One lay up to a minus 115 with that, along with the under, as I set my total at 8.3. 953, 9.54 on the betting board. It is the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are on the Cincinnati. And they're on to the road to face off against the Philadelphia Phillies. North or Syndergaard is going to be going for the Phils. And Luis Sessa gets the start for the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds are fighting themselves between plus 192 and plus 215 underdogs. Meanwhile, for the Phils, it's saying we're team minus 225 and minus 240. 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 9. The unders minus 120. The overs even on the 8.5. The overs anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The unders anywhere between even at minus 105. North Horse City Guard is not a guy that I'm necessarily overly bullish on. He's got an ERA a little bit north of 4 when he is on the road, but he's going to be going up against a red team that I recognize that they wound up erupting against the Pittsburgh Pirates as they scored 4-plus runs in each out of those three games, but in their previous three games set against the Philadelphia Phillies, at home, by the way, a very hitter-friendly ballpark, Eight runs in three games against them. I do think that Noah Thor Syndergaard is going to come out and he's going to be able to lay these back down on a Cincinnati Reds lineup in which they do have a guy, Donovan Solano, has been able to do a nice job moving the line, hitting over a 290 for this team. But if you've got Mike Moustakis, Jose Barrero, Aristides Aquino, the catcher spot with Michael Papriski and company, all these guys sitting at 215 or lower. Jake Fraley has actually been able to come on and has been able to now give the team right around seven home runs. He's had a limited amount of bat-bats right around 100 for the season size, so actually not too bad. Jonathan Indy is fresh off the injury list, but they've been dealing with an injury to Joey Votto. They trade away Brandon Drury and company at the trade deadline, and this is also a Reds bullpen that is currently dead last in the big leagues. In terms of bullpen here, Alexis Diaz has been solved for this team, but you're going to need a lot of this bullpen because Luis Sessa, this is going to be, I believe, his first career start. If he did wind up getting his start, it was as an opener, but yeah, this is not great. He has won 37 and two-thirds outings and 37 appearances. He has not had any minor league rehab sort of sense to be able to rank rack up his innings. He has went two innings, I believe, like two or three times this season, and that is about it. This is less than ideal. Oh, as a matter of fact, the only time he wanted going two innings was on Monday against the Philadelphia Phillies. So this is not a good ordeal whatsoever. Luis Sessa, you can't expect to really give you more than three innings, and then you got the deadline's bullpen in the big leagues with guys like a Joel Kuno, Ian Gabo, Buck Farmer, Revierson, Martin, all posting up north of a five-year eight to back him up. Boy, that is not good, and this is a Philadelphia Phillies bullpen that they themselves wanted to gain tax over the weekend. They play a double dip against the New York Mets. You wind up having a big 
big giant calamity yesterday where David Robertson winds up getting used up, but you've got guys like a Brad Ants or Anthony Dominguez that have been rock solid for this team as Handy wanted getting used up yesterday, but Dominguez did not. Craig Canable should be available for this game as well. And then with the Phillies, you've got Kyle Schwarber back in the fold. He's been able to give the team right around 33-34 home runs. Batting average has not necessarily been there, but Garrett Stubbs, Alec Bohm, both of these guys are above a 285 along Gene Segura. Derek Hall, JT Riamuto, Nick Cassianos, all hitting a 265. And then you've got Reese Hoskins. He's got some righty and lefty splits, but he's been able to deliver 25 plus home runs for the team thus far this season. And with the Reds having traded off a few pieces, and Luis Sessa not being great, this is not an ideal circumstance for the Reds. And with North Third City Guard last time, went up against the Reds. He did wind up allowing three runs over the course of seven innings. And you take a look at his starts with the Philadelphia Phillies, a combined nine runs surrendered. He has won a grand total of 18 innings. So, Nothing great, nothing terrible. He's given up right around one home run per nine innings. I do think that you're going to get a higher scoring game as a result. So that might total at a 9.3 looking over. But with the Phillies, I think that they completely tattooed Luis Sessa in really his first start that isn't an open of his career. Anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 is where you're finding that Phillies run line. I was willing to lay up to a minus 140. So I'm going Phillies run line and I'm going over in this spot. 955, 956 on the betting board. It is the St. Louis Cardinals on the road facing off against the Chicago Cubs as Drew Smiley is going to be going for the Cubs and Jordan Montgomery he is on the bump for the Cardinals. Cardinals are anywhere between minus 152 and minus 165 favorites. Between a plus 135 and plus 148 is your price on the Cubs with right now an opening total of Circa at 8. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. Circa is the only place I'm seeing a total up on this game because it is in Wrigley Field. A lot of places they wind up holding off on posting up a total, but it looks like you're going to have a little bit of directional wind right around 5 to 6 miles per hour. Should not wind up playing too much of a factor in this game, so you don't have to worry too much about some sort of a howling wind or anything like that. And as a result, I did wind up setting my total at an 8.6. So at an 8, I would be taking a look at the over end with the Cardinals. Willing to lay up to a minus 156 on their money line. We are not going to have run lines until we wind up seeing more totals wind up getting posted right now at Circa. I'm seeing even money on laying a run and half with the St. Louis Cardinals, and I would need more like a plus 108 to a plus 110, so right now, the way that I'd be looking at it, I'd be looking money line instead of run line, but I'm going to wait until we wind up seeing a few more run line numbers before making that determination, but I was mentioning it with Danny Vietti. Jordan Montgomery has been a rock solid for the St. Louis Cardinals team ever since he wanted coming over there. He has been able to pitch for the team 16 and two-thirds innings, allowing just one run along the way, three walks. He has gotten 17 strikeouts. He has been masterful, and all season long, he's been able to a solid job on the road, a 365 roadie, all right, and starts away from New York and sub 350. So, I mean, he's been able to do his part, and for Drew Smiley, it's a case in which we've seen the swing and miss stuff dip with him a little bit. He's down to right around seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings this season, giving up in the pocket about 1.3 home runs per nine. He's been a little bit better at home with a 325 home ERA compared to a 391 ERA on the road, and he's been able to do a solid job with the guards' command, right around two walks per nine innings. Nothing too bad there, but he does allow opponents to hit 260 off of him, and this is a St. Louis Cardinals lineup that all of a sudden they put up five plus runs in each out of their last seven games. These guys are hot. Albert Pools, he's hitting over 400 since the All Star break. It is absolutely incredible what we have seen out of him. Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, both of these guys have been amazing as well. A combined 56 home runs out of these two gentlemen. Goldschmidt, a 422 on base. Arenado sitting at 300. Nolan Gorman has had his fair share of multi-home run games this season as he, Dylan Carlson, Lars Newtbar, in between about a 240 to a 250. But for Newtbar, he's hitting right around 300 since the All-Star break as well. These guys are all starting to pick it up. Paul DeYoung, after a bad start to the season, he's looked a little bit better. And then for 
for the Chicago Cubs. You've got a pair of guys that have been able to match for this team and Patrick Wisdom, along with Wilson Contreras, 20 plus home runs out of both of these gentlemen, but Wisdom, he's on pace to strike out 200 times a season. That's not necessarily ideal when you don't wind up putting the ball in play and then to have quite a few guys. They're sort of in that neighborhood of, I would call it, about a 248 to, we're going to call it, a 260. As whenever David Bodie's been out there, and it's been limited, he's been there, Christopher Morrell, Nick Madrigal, C.A. Suzuki, Contreras, who I mentioned a little bit earlier on that fold, and then Ian App went right at 355 on base. Problem for the Cubs is that they did wind up trading away a lot of their bullpen pieces at the trade deadline. David Robertson and company are currently out of the fold, so we look at the guys like Kervin Castro, Anderson Espinoza, guys with a north of 4 ERA to be able to pick it up now. I will say Rowan Wick ever since the All-Star break. He's looked significantly better for this team. He's got a sub-3 ERA in this time span, but I do have a little bit more faith in the St. Louis Cardinals as you've had Genesis Cabrera be a multi-inning guy with a sub-3 ERA. They're currently dealing with Ryan Helsley being on the injured list, and that is a big deal because now you're going to be probably looking to pack Naughton a little bit more, guys like that, but I do think that Montgomery could be able to lend a good start here at the 8 that I'm seeing on the total. I'm going to be taking a look at the over and willing to lay up to a minus 156 with the St. Louis Cardinals. 957-958 on the main board. It is the LA Dodgers playing us the Milwaukee Brewers. Eric Lauer is going to be going for the crew, and Julio Arias is on the bump for the Dodgers. Your total on this game is 8. The under is minus 120. The over is even. Seeing a stray minus 115, that makes the over minus 105, and when it comes to Dodgers, they are anywhere between minus 225 and minus 250 favorites. They're between plus 190, and seeing as high as a plus 218 out there is your price on the Brewers, and we wind up getting that plus 218. I'm willing to take a shot on Milwaukee. We're taking a look at the run line of the Dodgers. That's anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Right now with what we're seeing, because we're only seeing that one straight plus 218 most other places. They've got about a plus 205, plus 210. I would rather look at the Dodgers laying a run in that because this Dodgers team has been absolutely masterful at being able to win games on the run line. They have won all but 10 of their games by multiple runs. When they've won up winning, obviously, that doesn't include the losses, but with that said, Dodgers have been incredible at being able to cover the run line, and for Julio Arias, he has been a guy that has been able to do a better job on the road than at home, but still has been steady at home. 277 home area, 212 road area. When it came to his wins last season, he wound up having 20 in total. 13 of them wanted coming on the road. He's got 13 this season. He's had just five of them wind up coming at home, so that is a little bit of an issue, and he has been giving up right around 1.6 home runs per nine innings at home, and that's the one thing that the Milwaukee Brewers are able to do. They've got a trio of guys and Rowdy Tellez, William Adamas, Hunter Renfro have all been able to hit 22 plus home runs. Tellez is up to 26 home runs after a series against the Chicago Cubs, but you really don't have guys that are able to move the line for this team as Christian Yelich, you're able to throw in there Andrew McCutcheon, Renfro, you mentioned a little bit earlier, Casadira. These guys are in between about a 242 to a 252. Mike Brasso has been able to hit about a 260 as well, but he's seen a limited amount of at-bats. And I mean, we saw with the Dodgers yesterday, they were able to get to a guy in Sandy Alcantara who's been good all season long. And this is a Dodgers lineup that it is a firing on all cylinders. Mookie Betts, he's got 27 home runs at the leadoff spot for this team. It has been incredible to take a look at. All of a sudden, Max Muncy and Cody Bellinger, who have really not had good seasons, they're starting to pick it up. They both wound up having a home run yesterday. Trace Thompson says he's come over to the Dodgers. He's been hitting at 275. Will Smith, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, all between 16 and 18 home runs. All these guys, aside from Turner, at least a 350 on base. And Turner, he's hitting above a 300. So he's been able to do a good job of being a reach base. Justin Turner, ever since he wound up having his warts, shall we say, towards the beginning of the season. From June on, he's been hitting above a 300. Gavin Lux, a 375 on base. And then with the Dodgers, number one bullpen in terms of ERA in the National League. As Caleb Ferguson, along with Evan Phillips, have a sub-2 ERA. Alex Vesia, he's been able to provide a sub-3 ERA as well. It's really been the, shall we say, 
less notable guys that have been able to do a solid job. And Craig Kimbrell wanted getting used up yesterday. That actually is a little bit of an upgrade. It's Craig Kimbrell's not necessarily been too terrific either. Meanwhile, for the Brewers, Hobie Milner says he also rank. He's got well north of a four ERA. You've had Brad Boxberger be able to do a solid job. And Devin Williams, he's given up just two earned runs over the course of his last 39 appearances. But when you wind up getting into guys like Brent Suter and company, not necessarily ideal. Like I said, I would need at least a plus 218 to take a shot at Milwaukee. Most money lines I'm seeing are right around a plus 210-ish. We're seeing a straight plus 218 right now. I would rather lay the Dodgers at a minus 110 to a minus 115 run line right now because, like I said, Dodgers, 84 wins, 74 have been by multiple runs. So, looking at a Dodgers run line, and I do think that the Dodgers are going to be able to get to Eric Lauer as well, who has been not good on the road this season. I mentioned their lineup, but with Lauer, he has given up 16 home runs over the course of his last 12 starts, and he's got a 448 road here. He's given up 15 bombs in 64 and a third innings. Strikeout numbers have not been bad. He's been able to get right around nine strikeouts per nine innings, so he's done a solid job there, but the deep ball has not been his friend. Set my total at 8.2 as a result, so looking over and looking at the Dodgers on a run line. 959-960 on the betting board. It is the Kansas City Royals. They play as the Chicago White Sox. As Michael Kopech is going to be going for the Sox, and Daniel Lynch is going to be on the bump for the Royals. The Royals are a home underdog of anywhere between a plus 132 to a plus 122. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Southsiders, you're going to be finding them in between minus 140 and minus 145. 8.5 is your total. The over is minus 115, and the under is minus 105. One way up to a minus 144 with the Chicago White Sox. Minus 145 is sort of that point of no return. And if you are taking a look at the run line of the Southsiders, you're finding that at a plus 115. With the White Sox, I need more like a plus 120 to a plus 125 to take shots. So I'd rather lay right around a minus 142 to a minus 142 with the White Sox rather than try to have them win this game by multiple runs because with the White Sox, they are in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of home runs on a per-game basis. So good news for the White Sox is because the game on getting postponed yesterday, they've got a fully stocked bullpen. So guys like Jimmy Lambert, Rinaldo Lopez, who have been failed starters, who have been able to do a solid job in the bullpen, they're going to be available for this game. And then you've got Liam Hendricks along with Kendall Graveman, who have been lights out in the eighth and ninth inning. That is going to be rock solid. And Michael Kopech has been able to do a relatively solid job. Now, I know that there's a lot of people that are talking about how lucky he's been getting because he's got a relatively high bail rate. You're able to go on down the line, but take a look at what Michael Kopech has been able to do, and and he's been relatively solid all season long. Over the course of his last five starts, he's got a 293 ERA, giving up three home runs over the course of 27 and two-thirds innings. One away from home, he's got a 364 ERA compared to a 297 at home, giving up six home runs over the course of 47 innings away from home. Opponents overall are hitting a buck 97. He has been truthfully relatively lucky in terms of balls in play. He's been getting right around eight or so strikeouts per nine innings, but I Kopech is a guy that I like. Meanwhile, Daniel Lynch, not a guy that I necessarily like as he just winds up giving up a couple too many walks as he's been giving up right around 3.7 walks per nine innings. He's been raining in a little bit more recently. Three earned runs or fewer surrendered in four out of his last five starts. He's given up a few unearned runs along the way, but he has not been good at home. 522 home ERA compared to a four ERA on the road, giving up seven home runs over the course of 39 and two-thirds innings. And for the Chicago White Sox, they are the number one team in the big leagues in terms of road batting averages. You've got Jose Abreu, Andrew Vaughn, Luis Robert. When he's been out there, Tim Anderson, as he's been quite banged up. All these guys hitting at least a 293. Problem has been the bottom of the lineup has not been able to move the line as you've got so many guys like Lori Garcia, Yoan Moncada, Yasmani Grandal that are hitting a 220 or lower. They're kicking the tires on Elvis Andrews. And then for the Kansas City Royals, this team has been dead last in the American League in terms of bullpen ERA all season long. Amir Garrett has been able to pick it up a little bit more, but he's still posting up north of a 4 ERA. Jose Cuas is up to a 4 ERA. 
great. Scott Barlow, Dylan Coleman have been relatively solid, but Josh Stamount, ever since coming off the injured list, a guy that I really liked coming into the year, he has been ghastly bad. He's got an 1157 ERA over the last 30 days. This has not been a good situation. So I do think that Daniel Lynch, with his command issues, going to get knocked out relatively early. And with the Kansas City Royals, I do think that they're going to be able to get to Kopech a little bit more because we have seen some signs of life when it comes to their bats. As MJ Melendez, Salvador Perez, throwing their Bobby Witt Jr., all been able to provide between 14 and 17 home runs apiece. Batting average has been a little bit hit or miss for this team, but Bobby Witt Jr. has found a way to be able to move the line. He's hitting about a 250. Vinny Pasquantino, he's been hitting right around a 300 ever since the All-Star break. Michael Masley, ever since he got called up, he's been able to hit a 280 as well. You do have a couple dead bats like Ryan O'Hearn, Kyle Isabel, you're able to throw in there. Nate Eaton, Nick Prado, some of the prospects. Had a little bit of a tough time with it, but with that said, I do think that you are going to see a relatively high-scoring game. Semi total at a 9.1. Willing to go over in this spot. And with the White Sox, do wind up making them a favorite of a minus 144. So willing to lay up to a minus 144 with these outsiders. And I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as well as we wind up going to my DK Nation pick. 961-962 on the betting board. It is the LA Angels. They are going to be on the road facing off against the Tampa Bay Rays. As Jeffrey Springs is going to be going for the Rays. And Tucker Davidson is on the bump for the Angels. 7 is your total. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. When it comes to the Rays, you're finding them in between a minus 193 to a minus 205. Meanwhile, between plus 165 and plus 182 is your price on the Angels. I needed at least a plus 208 to take a shot in the Angels. And if you're taking a look at the Rays run line, right now you're finding that anywhere between a plus 110 to a plus 120. Getting a plus price on that because I was willing to lay a very small number. That's where I'm going to be looking in terms of the money line slash run line, but the DK Nation pick is going to be on the over in this spot. I set my total at a 7.8 because Tucker Davidson, I don't think he's going to be able to lend a lot of length. He's backed up by an LA Angels bullpen that has been quite honestly terrible. As you take a look at Ryan DePera along with Aaron Loop, both of these guys are providing north of a 4 ERA. They were expected to be trustworthy guys. Now, the longer guys like Aime Badia, you've been seeing a couple starts out of him, but Tuki Toussaint, they've actually been okay, but I have no confidence whatsoever in Tucker Davidson being able to lend a good start. And two starts ever since he wanted coming over to this bunch. He has pitched 10 innings. He has given up eight runs and six walks in this time span. And I mean, this is a bad combination to have. Tucker Davidson is a guy that doesn't get a lot of strikeouts and gives up a lot of walks. Not ideal. 19 walks and 25 in a third innings and 14 strikeouts. He's given up five more walks and strikeouts. That is not what you want there. And you take a look at his time with the Atlanta Braves. He showed a little bit of upside, but once again, not a swing and miss guy. Jeffrey Springs, meanwhile, he's been able to do a relatively solid job with the Tampa Bay Rays. 227 home ERA, 268 ERA on the road. Just wind up giving up the deep ball a little bit, right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings, but 1.9 walks per nine innings. He's able to get right around nine and a half punch outs per nine innings. So he's been able to do a solid job. This is a Tampa Bay Rays bullpen that they always do a nice job of being able to piecemeal things together as Jason Adam has a sub two ERA. Colin Pooch, Brooks Raley, both of these guys are posting up an ERA that is three or lower. Sharon Armstrong has been a little bit of a long guy for the team as well, but they did wind up having to use up quite a few bullpen pieces with Ryan Yarbrough not being able to complete five innings yesterday, but for the Tampa Bay Rays, now they wind up having back in the fold Harold Ramirez. This is a big cog for their offense, hitting a 337. He wound up going deep in that series against the Kansas City Royals. David Peralta, Randy Orozarena, both of these guys are in between about a 245 to a 255. You've been able to have Yandy Diaz move the line with right around 
a 380-ish on base. It can be a little bit ghastly when you get towards the bottom of this fold as Yu Chang, Isaac Paredes, Taylor Walls, Jose Siri, they're hitting a 220 or lower, but you do take a look at the flip side for the Angels, and I recognize that they want a big shutout yesterday and really since the beginning of the month of June. They're averaging right around 3.1 to 3.2 runs per game, but you finally wind up having Mike Trout back in the fold, and we all know what Mike Trout is capable of. Prior to him going on the injured list, that he's already missed a little bit north of a month this season. He still has 24 home runs. He's still providing an on-base percentage right around a 370. He has been rock solid. The reemergence of David Fletcher has been also very solid. I mean, all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, David Fletcher has been able to hit a 350 over the last 30 days. You've got Shoei Otani. He's been able to do a nice job of being able to go yard all season long as he's been providing right around 26, 27 home runs. He's been able to move the line with a 360 on base, Luis Ranifo. He's able to provide a 270 as well in terms of batting average. Taylor Ward, Jared Walsh, they both have 30-plus home runs between the two of them. For both of these guys, it has been quite a bit of regression over the last 45 days as they're combining it right around a 200 but you still do have guys that are able to do a relatively solid job being able to move the line. And with this Angels bullpen, I really don't have a lot of faith there. I do think that the offense going to be able to do just enough to be able to get to De- Jeffrey Springs, put a few runs up on the board. I recognize that Tampa Bay is relatively pitcher-friendly, but DK Nation pick is going to be on the over. I think that it is going to be a long day for our good friend Tucker Davidson. I wound up saying my total at a 7.8 as a result, so DK Nation pick on the over, getting a plus price on the Rays run line. Sign me up for that as well. So we go 963-964 on the betting board. The Walker Texas Rangers are on the road facing off against the Minnesota Twins as Sonny Gray is going to be going for the Twins, and Cole Raggins is on the bump for the Rangers. The Rangers are a sizable underdog. Anywhere between plus 175 and plus 190. Meanwhile, anywhere between minus 210 and minus 195 is your price. Um, Minnesota, 8.5 is your total. The under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. Set the Twins, minus 222 on my money line. If you're taking a look at the run line, find that anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. And I was willing to go up to a minus 120 in terms of what I was willing to lay on the Twins run line. So I'm going to be looking there with Sonny Gray. It has been a little bit touch and go with him this season. He has had a few starts in which things have not been terrific. And he is going up against the Rangers lineup that we saw him be able to tattoo the Minnesota Twins yesterday for seven runs. You've got a lot of guys that are able to go deep as it's really balanced power when it comes to this team as Nate Lowe, Marcus Simeon, Adelise Garcia, all between 18 and 20 home runs this season. Adelise Garcia, Corey Seager, throwing their Jonah Heim, only between about a 250 to 255. Seager has been the main manager for this team with 26 home runs. You've had Nate Lowe be able to hit right around 300 along with Aoti Tavares, so these guys have been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to move the line, but also being able to do a solid job of being able to move the line. The Minnesota Twins has Luis Arias right around a 4-hour base. He has been incredibly impressive for this team. And then you've got past that, Nick Gordon, Gilberto Sassi, Dino, Carlos Correa, all these guys hitting between about a 270 to a 280-ish, and then Jose Miranda. How about what this guy has been able to do post-All-Star break? He's got 13 home runs for the season. He's got a little bit of pop in the bat, but he's been hitting right around a 350 with a 400 on base ever since the All-Star break. That has been the most impressive part for this team, and then you've got, obviously, a man by the name of Byron Buxton, who's been getting a home run every about 12 to 12 and a half or so at bat, 28 home runs. Needs to work on the on-base and batting average as he's hitting right around 225, but he's been Rock solid. Gio Rochelle has got a double digit amount of homers hitting at 265. But when it comes to Sonny Gray, I do think that he's going to be able to bear down a little bit more than our good friend Reagans. Reagans, a very highly touted prospect, has come up to the big leagues, made three starts, but has given up three plus runs in two of them. And I mean, the three starts, they haven't necessarily been the easiest of competition against the White Sox. 
the Astros, and then the Oakland A's, obviously. One unlike the other, but it's given up four home runs in 14 and a third innings at the minor league level. Was doing a good job of being able to get swings and misses. That has yet to be able to duplicate itself. Eight walks in 14 and a third innings, a couple with seven strikeouts. Meanwhile, for Sonny Gray, it's been a interesting season for him in which he has been pretty much as good at home as he has been on the road. 308 home ERA compared to a 315 ERA on the road. Overall, it's just not given up a lot of home runs. 0.8 home runs per nine innings. Around 2.7 walks per nine innings. You'd like to see that be a little bit lower. Nine strikeouts per nine innings. A little bit down for him, but he's also backed up by a relatively solid bullpen as you've been able to have a lot of guys be able to come out and give this team some good innings. You on Duran is able to give you multiple innings. He's got a sub-250 ERA. Orde Lopez has been posting up a sub-250 ERA all season long. Came over from Baltimore at the trade deadline. Michael Fulmer, he's able to give you some length. He has been solid. When you wind up getting into guys like Emilio Pagan and Caleb Theobar, not terrific, but still a solid bullpen. And for the Texas Rangers, ever since the injury to Joe Barlow, it has been really bad for them. Garrett Richards is someone that is currently not with the team, and rightfully so. He was terrible. Jonathan Hernandez has been able to do an okay job. He's got right around 3 ERA. Matt Bush along with Brock Burke have both been able to provide a sub-2 ERA, but the rest of this bullpen like Josh Saboris and company have not been able to do the job, and I don't think that they're going to be able to do the job once again here. I do think that the Rangers are going to be able to get to Sonny Gray a little bit in this spot. Do you mind him saying my total at an 8.7 as a result? So, Looking at the over to go along with the Twins run line. As we go 965-966 on the betting board, the battle for New York. The Mets are on the road facing off against the Yankees as Domingo Herman is going to be going for the Yankees and Max Scherzer is going to be on the bump for the Mets, the Metropolitans. Sensible favorites here, anywhere between minus 157 and a minus 165. And between plus 145 and plus 154 is your price on the Yankees with the total anywhere between 7 and 7.5. Seven on the 7.5, the under is minus 115, the over is minus 105. On the 7, over is between minus 115 and minus 125. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. So I tell it a 7.4. I think that 7 is just a little bit too low. Even if you wind up getting a 4-3 to three game on a 7, you still wind up being able to get that push. So I'd be taking a look at the over in this spot. And with the Yankees, I was willing to take anything about plus 138 or more. Domingo Armand has been okay ever since he wound up having his first start of the season, which wound up giving up five runs in three innings against the Houston Astros. Has been able to do a nice job of being able to calm down from there. Big thing for him is just being able to keep the home run ball down. He's been giving up four bombs over the course of 28 and a third innings as far this season, but zero home runs surrendered in his last three starts. He has given up in those last three starts, a combined five runs going up against the Cardinals and the Red Sox on the road along with the Rays at home. So, relatively solid competition. I like the way that he's been able to round into form. Strikeout numbers are a little bit down from this season, getting right around seven and a half punch outs per nine innings. Max Scherzer in his strikeout numbers, they are not down to say the least says he has been able to get well over ten and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Ever since coming off the injured list, Max Scherzer has been able to do a masterful job for this team. Now, he did wind up giving up four runs in his last start against the Atlanta Braves, but the Mets, they've been able to do a solid job every time he has taken the mound. They have went 4-1 and one in his last five starts, and the last time he faced off against the Yankees, seven scoreless innings, did wind up giving up five hits along the way, but was able to do a good job of evading danger, and Scherzer has been giving up a little bit more contact recently. You do take a look at what he's done over his last we're gonna call it four or so starts, and but it's been hitting about a 220 off of him, which for Scherzer standards is not necessarily too terrific for like any other pitcher, and it's really, really good, and for the Mets, this is a bunch that they are coming off a very nice series against the Phillies, in which they scored seven plus runs in three out of four games, and as a matter of fact, they have scored seven plus runs in 
in four out of their last six games. You got Pete Alonso, who last year led the big leagues in terms of home runs on the road. He's got 30 bombs this season, along with north of 100 RBI, and he's just got so much power when it comes to this Mets team. Francisco Lindor, north of 80 RBI. He has been able to go deep 21 times, and you've got a bunch of guys that they do a good job of just being able to move the line. I mentioned Alonso, Olan, Francisco Lindor. On top of that, Mark Hanna. Whenever he's been out there, Luis Galorme. These guys, they've been able to hit about a 270 to a 285. You've been able to get some good production as well out of someone like a Daniel Vogelback, who ever since he's come over to the Mets, he's been able to hit a 285 for the same Starling Marte. He's hitting nearly a 300. He's up to 14 home runs. He's been able to do a good job with regards to power end for the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge has went into a little bit of a funk. Not necessarily all his fault. We were talking about it with our good friend Danny Vietti. Still has 46 home runs, north of 100 RBI. You know that he's going to be able to figure it out. The question is, who's going to be able to help him out, be able to take a little bit of pressure off with guys like John Carlos Santon and company out of the fold, that Matt Carpenter injury. It is certainly haunting them a little bit since Carpenter went down. It has been an offense that has really regressed. As the New York Yankees, they have scored four runs or fewer and now 10 out of their last 11 games, three runs or fewer in nine out of their last 11. So that's been a bit of an issue, but you still have DJ LeMayu. Clearly not 100%, but he's still been able to give the team right around a 375 on base. Isaiah Kinnair, Falefa, Jose Trevino, hitting between about a 264 to a 270. You've still got a few other guys like Josh Donaldson that are able to supply some power with Donaldson. He's been able to provide right around about a 310 on base batting average. It's not necessarily been there. And for the Yankees, the bullpen is still solid. The issues that the team has had, not necessarily due to the bullpen. Clay Holmes wound up progressing, and now he's on the injured list. But Ron Maranacchio has a sub-250 ERA Scott Efres has not been bad since coming over. They pick up Luke Bard, who was a relatively solid long guy with the Tampa Bay Rays. Ronnie Peralta, he's been able to do his part. Lou Trevino has actually been better than he was with the Oakland A's. But do take a look at the Mets. And the bridge to be able to get to Edwin Diaz, that has been a little bit of a winding one. And for Edwin Diaz, he did wind up having to come out and pitch yesterday as well and wound up throwing 21 pitches. So that winds up putting them behind the eight ball a little bit. But Seth Lugo, ever since he also break a sub-250 ERA, Yuli Rodriguez could sometimes be a little bit of a roll of the dice. But you been able to get some relatively good innings as well out of Adam Adovino. The former Yankees have been able to provide a sub-250 ERA as well. I think that Scherzer he should be a favorite in this spot, but I like the way that Herman has been able to ship up as well, and I do think that the Yankees going to start to fortify themselves a little bit more with the lineup. I think that these guys will bust out just enough to be able to get this total over, so I did wind up saying my total at 7.4, looking at a 7 over, and with the Yankees, anything but plus 138 or greater, willing to take a shot on them, and we wrap things up with 967-968. The Oakland A's playing us the Miami Marlins. Pablo Lopez goes for the fish, and Adam Aller is going to be going for the Oakland A's. Total on this game is 7, over is minus 115, the under is minus 105 for Miami. They are between a minus 134 to a minus 145 favorite. Anywhere between plus 125 and plus 128 is your price on Oakland. I wound up setting the Marlins as a minus 126 favorite in this spot. I'm going to be willing to take a shot on the Oakland A's seeing this plus 128 number as for Pablo Lopez, we have seen him struggle quite a bit recently. He's actually been significantly better on the road than at home. Miami is one of the more pitcher-friendly ballparks out there in baseball, which that doesn't make a lot of sense. 436 home ERA compared to a 334 ERA on the road end. This is despite the fact that 
a relatively equal amount of innings. 70 on the road, 64 at home. He's given up six home runs at home, 10 bombs on the road, but it's just been a case of which he's been allowing all of his runs at home. But for Pablo Lopez, you take a look at what has happened over the course of, we're going to call it his last five starts, 684 ERA. He's allowed in that time span four home runs over the course of 25 innings. Opponents are north of a 300 off of him. So he can miss stuff has been down a little bit for him. He's now sub nine strikeouts per nine innings now. Adam Muller has not had a good run of it as well. as He's got an 8.59 ohm ERA. I do think that a little bit of this is a product of some of the competition that he's playing, but he's looked a little bit better recently. Last five starts, it's down to a 4.67 ERA, which is not necessarily saying a whole lot of lot, but he's been giving up right around three walks per nine innings in that time span, which is big because overall for the season, he's been giving up more around 4.7 to 4.8 walks per nine innings. He did benefit a little bit by going up against the Texas Rangers. He has had to face off against the Houston Astros a lot this season. As a matter of fact, I believe three out of his last seven starts have come against Houston, so that'll bolster the e- ERA a little bit, but he's going up against the Miami Marlins team that is right now trotting out their AAA lineup. I wish I could call it anything else, but the Miami Marlins have scored three runs or fewer in 19 out of their last 20 games. They've scored four runs or fewer in, I believe now, 30 out of their last 32 games. I think that those two outliers wound up being extra inning games. I'm not even kidding when I'm saying this. The Miami Marlins are on a historically bad offensive stretch right now, and now they have to try to hit an Oakland with the Marine layer out. I mean, how do we have any confidence in this Miami Marlins team, even going up against poopy Adam Aller, to wind up producing any offense whatsoever? And we could wind up seeing Pablo Lopez bust out, be able to have a tremendous start, and it might wind up doing no good because the Miami Marlins have nobody that's able to go yard for them. You wind up having Luan Diaz literally at his first home run of the season in their game against the LA Dodgers yesterday. He's had like 75 at-bats thus far this season. You just take a look at the bottom of the full. Diaz, who I wanted mentioning a little bit earlier. J.J. Blade, who I believe wound up going deep yesterday as well. Peyton Buterick, you're able to throw in there. Jacob Stallings, you're able to go just down the list. Asu Sanchez, when he's been out there because he's currently on the injured list. All these guys hitting at 220 or lower. It's deplorable. The only guy that's available that has given you more than 8 home runs this season, that's Asu Sagiar. He's able to pound up 15 home runs thus far this season. and He's got 3 here in the month of August. I mean, that's all that you've got with this team. It's really, really sad. Garrett Cooper is back out for the team. And for the Miami Marlins, it's not like the bullpen has been terrible. Richard Blyer, Dylan Floro, they're both providing right around a four ERA, but Blyer wound up getting used up yesterday. Someone like a Stephen Okert has been able to do a solid job. They've got Cole Sulzer back in the fold as well. And then for the Oakland A's, it's been actually a relatively solid bullpen for the team as well. Even if Adam Muller just wind up giving up those three runs to the Miami Marlins, you've got guys in Zach Jackson, Domingo Acevedo, AJ Puck, Sam Mall. All posting up an ERA that is a 3-3 or lower. Danny Jimenez, ever since he's come off the injured list, he has been rock solid as well. Overall for the season, he's down to a 3-27 ERA. Last six appearances across eight innings has not allowed a single earned run. He has been sharp as well, so the A's have been able to do a solid job there. Now, with the Oakland A's, they have been pretty deplorable on offense as well, but I will say this for the Oakland A's. They've been able to bust out a little bit more. They've got four-plus runs on the board in four out of their last seven games. You've been able to have Sean Murphy hit a little bit above a 250. He and Seth Brown, a combined 33 home runs this season. Ron Laureano being in the fold all season long. He's hurt the team and then really past Sean Murphy. You don't have a lot of guys able to do a good job of being able to move the line as Brown, I mentioned a little bit earlier. Sheldon Noisy, Jonah Bride, you're able to throw in there someone like a Vidal Machine, Tony Kemp. These guys are in between about a 222 to as high as about a 230. It's been pretty deplorable with them, but with the Oakland A's, they just shouldn't be too much of an underdog because there's no faith whatsoever that you could have with the Miami Marlins being able to win this game and I mean, let alone win this game by multiple runs. The run line of a minus one and a half at a plus 125 at this point is a joke because with the Miami Marlins, 
you need them to give up one run or fewer to have any shot of being able to cash that run line at this point. I set my total at 6.7, which I can't believe I just wound up doing it. I don't know I'm all but I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot. I think I'm a plus 126 or greater. Was willing to take a shot here on Oakland, so look at A's and going to be taking a look at this total under, and that will wrap things up for the Monday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. A big thanks to our good friend Danny Vietti for joining me in the last segment. If you do like appearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at underscore one Keep in mind, letters EM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you're at this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like here on this podcast. Five, that five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening why and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.